Well, it's my birthday. Well, not today, but birthday's coming up. It's uh, 16th of June, of course. And, you know, I feel very, very, very lucky <laughs> to say that I say that as I exit my 66th birthday, my 66th year on this earth. Well, I was thinking that'd be one, two, sixty-seventh year, you know, and telling you the truth, there's no way I should have ever made it out of the uh, project alive anyway. <laughs> Other than that first hit upside the head when I was maybe six years old, that sent me in my world spinning. I, um, of course, had a hard time balance with the balance of the world then. Slowed me down, turned me around. Should have killed me right there. But I made it. Woke up, made it. Been dizzy ever since. I don't even know what a headache is because I'm so damn dizzy. I don't know how to describe a headache. Hurt, pain? Nah. Next thing I know, uh, I uh, was always dizzy. Couldn't figure shit out. And I uh, actually fucking scared me. But, you know, I made it. And for the next I guess six years to maybe I was 12 years old. Almost drowned. The project's desire back in the 60s, the uh, police. <clears throat> I even went to a scare strict program way back then. I don't even know why they used to take the kids from the project and send them there so that they could, uh, get a real life perspective on uh, prison. <laughs> I remember going to prison and looking at them bars, guys across the bars, ain't see number black guys. But then that's how they had it set up so the black guys could tell you, you don't want to come in here. Fuck, I knew I didn't want to come in there already because my daddy told me I better not go to goddamn jail. But I wasn't worried about going to jail. Uh not to say I ain't done nothing wrong, but I, I was kind of careful. Anyway, that's another story. <laughs> but uh, that drowning, they used to come to the projects in those big old blue and white bus driving down this high street to the project office where all the kids gather on the designated day so we could go to the lake. Now, you know, it's hot summer days. They might come pick us up at 10 o'clock, 11 o'clock. But we sitting out there in that sun on that damn project office porch, gathering around, all milling around at the bottom on the side, all over. Some even still at home just wait for that bus to come and look out the window and start hauling there. But uh, it was always every summer, maybe once or twice a week. I think it was more or less once a week. But uh, I only went out there once. <laughs> that was enough for me. I... Uh, God damn, I had to be about 12 years old with all these kids around, you know, and every trying to prove itself because my mom 
you know, my mom once stopped the fight. <laughs> he was fighting down the driveway with Chris Brady, and my mom stopped, went down there, burst through the crowd, and stopped him. He has ridiculed him, and he, uh, that motherfucker became a maniac after. And every time he away from home, he's trying to fight something. Prove his point. Yeah, I ain't no fucking mama. Boom, 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 boom. So he would fight a lot. Uh, my brother, the dude he fought that day, you know, they're fighting down there. And I'm like, what the fuck is going on? I mean, I'm sitting up there. Fight was over. think everything's cool. We out there at the lake. Finally get to the goddamn lake. No, I can't swim. Half <laughs> of the kids in the project can't fucking swim. But uh, we out there at the lake. And I'm in the water. I don't know where Everett at. Because it was only me and Everett. My sister didn't go. And uh, I was in the water. Back turn. Next thing you know, and water was up to my chest, maybe. Next thing you know, I hear from behind me, they pushed me. Three guys, brother of one of them, two of his friends, pushed me. And I went further into the water, water up to my neck now. And they tried to ground me. And they were just a little bit taller than them. So good thing they couldn't swim because they couldn't come out there and reach me. Now, this water had to been at my neck. You know, they didn't go at my neck. Now, three of them guys, I know damn well, I ain't about to fight three guys in the water. They left. I tried to leave. See, if something didn't grab me around my waist, and I ain't talking about human either. Must have been a hand. Some mystical creature or something. And they was like slightly pulling me back. And I was going back, I think they call them riptides now. It was just pulling me, pulling me. By the time I knew it, the water was almost nearly over my head. My head is tilted up, trying to breathe. I started bouncing, I bounced, bounced, and I bounced. Trying to get this off, uh, uh, this pulling off my waist, off the bottom of me. Because I couldn't walk out. I tried walking out and it was just pulling me. It wouldn't let me. So I bounced. I bounced. Every time I bounced, I bounced forward. And damn if I didn't make an inch every time. But I kept going. Nobody seen me out there. No fucking body saw me out there. I should have drowned. I nearly drowned. Damn near drowned. And I um, bounced. And bounced and bounced and bounced. And bounced and bounced and bounced and bounced and bounced and bounced. God damn, I bounced. Shit must have took me half an hour to get that order to my chest. I didn't give up. I didn't give up. I didn't even think about dying. All I thought about was getting my. I thought about not letting this shit catch me. Cause we heard about those riptides in the lake that pop up sometime from underneath the stairs, but we wasn't nowhere near the stairs. We was at the beach point. You know, they got the stairs. They don't bring you to the stairs because the stairs got algae. They're setting up themselves up for lawsuit. But if they bring us to the beach point where the, by almost by the uh, where the bridge at now, 
I don't think no bridge was even over there. I'm bouncing. And I'm bouncing. God damn, I'm bouncing. Felt like forever for that water to reach my shoulder. But it wouldn't let go. That tug wouldn't let go. And I started bouncing. Some more. Bouncing. And every time I bounce, I go forward just an inch. Inch at a time. Inch at a time. And I guess they thought I was out there just uh, having fun once the water reached my chest. But I still couldn't walk. And it felt like pressure on my chest. I couldn't even speak or yell. But I bounced. I bounced. Damn oyster shells and everything else at the bottom of that water. Cut my feet. But I bounced. And I bounced. Finally made it where that water was just below my chest. And I was able to get a good, a good grip in that sand with my feet and push forward. Then I walked out. That shit damn near killed me. I walked out and went and sat over there. Didn't get back in the water. Never went back to the beach in the water. See, the beach was one of my favorite spots, Lake Pontchartrain, uh, because my dad, when we were kids, he used to take us out there, gather us all in his little old Chrysler, that old chocolate brown Chrysler, and his old round top. God damn it, it had to be like a fifty something. And he would grab us all in there and take us out to the lake. Mama had some food and stuff. We had a picnic. We had the lake damn near to ourselves, though. We didn't go in the water. But that day, I almost drowned. <laughs> I didn't think about dying. I thought about going home, just getting back home, seeing my daddy. And tell, never told anybody about that shit. But I always remember. I know after that, I don't know, me and brother started talking. I mean, it wasn't nothing that he had against me. Uh, I guess it was years and years and years later. Well, years later. Not even that long. You know, by the time I was a good teenager, you know, and they, you know I knew his sisters. They knew the whole family anyway. So I don't know why he never even was fighting. But that's how shit going to project. Friends one day, enemies the next. So I survived that shit. I never went back out to the lake to swim again. <clears throat> I'm not sure if I ever did. Never told mama, never told daddy. But I didn't go to the lake anymore. Not to swim. They'd go to the lake another time. It had to be a couple of years after. Now, at the lake, they got this pavilion, like, this, uh, where they had, used to have a jukebox, you know, on the weekends and Friday nights, Saturday night, black kids used to go out there. You know, from all over the city, you'll have them out there. Desire Project, St. Thomas, St. Bernard. But it used to be a little gathering out there every weekend, and they'd be jamming and jamming. And young kids, just teenage kids, having a good time, doing the summer, doing the weekend. Mostly doing the summer, though. But uh, 
I remember one day walking through that crowd. Well, I was young, wasn't you know, trying to look for my brothers and sisters. I was just walking through the crowd. It looked like I said, I used to be a fucking dizzy kid. Loud music used to fucking bang my head, but I would go anywhere just to get out of the house. It was me, Everett, Ann, and Melba that day. And, you know, the only reason I went, because Mama used to like to send me to keep her eye on them. Never did tell nothing. what they do? What do you mean they dancing me? Talk to people. What else they doing? Them girls were with boys? They were dancing with them. That's all I seen them do, dancing with a couple of guys, and that was it. But anyway, they knew I wasn't a rat, so <laughs> they didn't mind taking me. You know, since I would propel myself into the oldest group, because it used to be, you older three, watch these children. <laughs> he ain't got to watch me. Shit, I'm next to Melville, right after Hannah. You know, Melba, Anna, ever. You know why? No, I'm the four oldest ones. <laughs> And, and it, I put that shit in there early. Plus, since I had the key to the house, since I was in sixth grade. But uh, they, they was out there doing that part in. I remember walking through the crowd and see some guys passing the gun. Looked up at me and everything. I ain't think nothing of it. I've seen guns before. Seen people pass guns before. And they talking about mass shootings now. <laughs> Shit, next thing you know, before I got two steps away, there was some shooting going on. And you know why? I was so fucking close to that shit. Blood popped on me. So, luckily I didn't get hit. Few people got hit. But I was right there and never even got fucking touched. I was three scared. I was three fucking scared even before I left the project. Three close calls. I know that. <laughs> that don't just come looking for you. That just wait for you. Wait for you to make a fucking mistake. Oh, that ain't the only thing. I know when I was in the service. <laughs> when I was in the service, used to be on the flight line delivering equipment and shit. That's how I hurt my fucking back and shit. Delivering equipment. And they used to have, it was in New Mexico, Cannon Air Force Base, New Mexico. With them F-111. Now... They shut down the flight lines for a few months after they started crashing. But, you know, I was on the tractor, you know, took a couple of rotations on a tractor. And uh, they had these big old, I guess, five by five dash 60, maybe about seven feet tall with the wheels. Uh, just had two wheels on them with a pendle hook in the back. And they had, the, uh, I mean, the pendle hook in the front. Well, they had the pendle hook in the back and uh, where you would... Uh, Hit a pin hook where you would pull it in the front. I mean, on the tractor, we hook them up to the tractor. We could hook maybe five, six of them up at a time and put. They had three pin hook, three hooks on a back. You could put 
They had the center one, where we usually just pull one or two dash sixty because they were really heavy turbine uh, uh, air compressor. But then you had the air conditioner. They had all types of equipment, but the air conditioner is what I want to talk about now. These big old five by five by seven feet tall on the wheels now. And you, like I said, you could hook them up right behind each other. Boom, boom, boom. Five of those, because they were kind of light. Easy to pull. So one day I hooked them up. Had two of them hooked up at one time. Used to be fucking hell, pulling, pushing, pulling. So I didn't uh, get it right. So I was going hook it up again. Well, going to hook it up. And I stepped in between these two air conditions. Instead of stepping over the hookup, I stepped on the hookup. By them only having the uh, one wheel, I mean the, the two wheels, those damn machines clamped up on me. God, I was stuck. I was fucking stuck. Couldn't breathe. It took me a fucking half an hour to get out of that trap. I damn near passed out. And if I would have passed out, I'd have been there forever. And I'd have, I'd have choked to death. Because though they were light equipment, they were heavier than me. And the only thing that made them easy to move was the fact that they were on wheels. But I struggled and struggled and struggled. And I was about to pass out. Took the last of the breath I could muster, all the strength I could muster. Let that sucker loose and turn my hands because it was clamping my chest. I had to let it loose and it hit my chest hard again. But with all the strength I had, I grabbed that ship in my hand, took my feet off them, that damn thing and just hung in the air. And I pushed. Next thing you know, I fell down. Rolled to the ground. I didn't want to roll on that hook and get clamped up in the middle of it again. I laid on that ground forever. Couldn't report that shit. Then they would want to drug test me. Couldn't have that. I was just a weed smoker. Ah, that ain't it. Now, once two dudes tried to kill me in Metairie. This is after the military. I had this job, uh, Global League Donut. Global League Donut, up on Oak Street. Oh, I can't even think of them boys' name on it. One of them was a brother-in-law. He was work for him. He was the manager. One worth of shit. And the other one was, uh, I can't think of his name. I guess he ran it. It was a family place. Up on Dublin and Oak. He never worked there. That's how I got the job. I used to deliver out in Metairie, uh, up in Girdstown, around that area. You know, go out in Metairie, Kenna, and then work my way back in the morning, be there about 7 o'clock. After I finish your channel, you know, that's when them stores open because they don't want you just dropping shit off. Got to bring it in, get them gone, and then everything else. So I uh, was on my route. I was on Suburban. 
And I just wanted to burn with a big party thing. The 90s, no, that had to be the 80s. And, uh, I mean, I never had any problem around there, you know. Anytime people see me, hey, Don, man, you got some donuts, you know, these wrong fools. Sometimes I gave out donuts, sometimes I didn't. I gave donuts mostly to the women, you know. Uh, not a lot of them. And just because, you know, I always had extra donuts because I always uh, <laughs> got me a couple of donuts from each place I delivered to just to uh, add to my pocket. So I would always give stale donuts out. I mean, you're drunk, it don't fucking matter. So uh, I'm leaving a donut place, the Circle K, I believe that was down Severn. And it was crowded, man, and I'm waiting for this traffic. Next thing you know, I hear something, boom! Hit the goddamn van. Little yellow van with a clover leaf on it. So, I'm not sure what happened. You know, what was going on? So, I opened up the door, and next thing you know, this motherfucker slammed the door in my face. Now, I had been carrying a gun. Mm, for some reason, I just stopped carrying a gun. Actually, I think it might have been because of that wife I had. I didn't want to bring no gun around that crazy motherfucker. And she pulled one out on me before. But uh, my mother slammed the door. Now, what I did is, since I didn't have a gun, I always kept a uh, crowbar. One of those long hook crowbars. And I got out and that motherfucker, well, I got out. I didn't have the crowbar in my hand. I said, what the fuck? And that motherfucker spread mace in my face. Now, he didn't push the door in my face. Spread mace in my face now. Took that crowbar out. I used to have it right there on the left side, right in that a little slot that was in the truck. And I pulled it in and I swung it. I missed him, but he fell down. I went and stood right over him. I said, you fucking lucky motherfucker, you. Got up and pulled off. After talking shit. Went around the corner to veterans. Veteran Highway to the next Circle K. Now, in that Circle K there, there was always a black woman in that Circle K. And because she worked overnight, her husband used to be there all the time with her. Most nights, he was there making sure don't nothing happen to his woman. And you can't blame him. The store wasn't paying him. He was just making sure nothing happened to his woman. But I'm at the store, at, this, uh, 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 at that store. He's not there that night. So I really wasn't worrying about anything. Uh, actually used the bathroom, washed my face, washed the shit out of my face, gave the donuts, you know, said what had happened around the corner, da 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 da, or maybe not. And I was leaving a store with the box, the donut, the corrugated box, the donuts that they had, maybe four dozen, five dozen sitting there. And I, uh, noticed something in the back window. Now, I didn't know if she was moving or anything, but it looked like something was wrong with the back window, something different. You know how you look out, you always know when you look at a car, something's wrong with it, definitely wrong with it. So, I walked out, got to the door of the van, I was going to drop the box off, and then go look at the back if I had now. 
But uh, I didn't make it to open up the door. Motherfucker stepped from behind, from behind the back of the car with a tire on. Hey, you want to play, nigga? <laughs> I was backing up, going back into the stove. And there's big motherfucking cowboy boot wearing bitch. Blocked my way. I'm like, God damn. Thank you to myself. What do you do now, Maurice? Say the big cowboy. Ah, he can't do nothing but fucking punch me and beat me. But this bitch hit me with this crowbar. I'm dead. I took that fucking box I had, hit that bitch across his face, the one who carried the crowbar. As he came to me, he wasn't even expecting it. Hit him right across his face and bum rushed his ass. Grabbed that crowbar. Tried to get it from him. That's the reason they teach them motherfucker wrestling in school. I didn't have no experience wrestling. But when he brought me down to the ground, you could bet your ass I ain't let go of his fucking neck or that crowbar. Now at the same time, I'm trying to get this crowbar from this motherfucker. And I got it eventually. But by the same time while I'm trying to get this crowbar from this man. Cowboy boots. I never forget them brown alligator brown something. Look like some some kind of snake skin. This motherfucker kicking me, kicking me every fucking where but the bottom of my motherfucking feet. But I didn't feel nothing. I didn't feel anything. I was full of adrenaline. I got that crowbar from that motherfucker, got up off the ground, and that bitch tackled me again. I'm like, motherfucker, I'm getting tired. I can't do shit. But I ain't never let go of that crowbar. Finally got on top of that motherfucker punching him. Trying to get this crowbar and this motherfucker kicking the shit out of me with them boots. I was weak. I was tired. I was starting to feel that pain. Motherfucker kicked me in the top of my head. Damn, they knocked me out. He'd have done better if he'd have snowed me, but he wasn't trying to get that close. I finally got up with that crowbar in here. And I hauled ass to that store because the old dude with the cowboy boots was in the wrong position. He couldn't block me no more. And I hauled ass. But he was able to catch me and kick me in my ass with the boots. Let me flying in that fucking store. Now they didn't come in the store and do nothing. The girl hadn't came out. And actually that's what had happened. That's how I was able to get away. The girl came out and said, Y'all stop! Y'all stop! I said, call the fucking police. <laughs> and she went in. And that's how I got away, because they were kind of distracted then. But she did get the license number. And uh Police came. Shit was reported. They got the license number. They say there is no such license plate. She must have got the wrong number. <laughs> I 
I'm like, oh yeah. You don't want to go to the hospital? No, thank you. I was afraid I should have went to the hospital. But I didn't. Because I wasn't going to go to a hospital in Metairie. After getting my ass kicked in Metairie. In Metairie, we knew back then was in no place for no negative BBS. I'm not talking about somebody white to beat you. And you want to go to a white hospital? Uh, no, thank you. I know some remedies, old folks' remedies that they gave to uh, help me out, but hospital, no. It was reported to work. I didn't go to work for a couple of days because I was fucking hurt. Actually, I told the motherfucker, quit. I ain't got to go through this kind of shit. But then I went back and said, look, I made a little hasty decision saying I quit. They said, good, we didn't give you a job away. We knew we was hoping you Think about it and come back. Mm. Hey, who? Motherfucker ain't even give me a fucking pay when I was off. Mm. So I, um, mm. asked him. Mm. Tom was the son-in-law. Mm. I can't think of the motherfucking, mm. uh, owner name, his father-in-law. But, uh, mm. I say, uh, what if I carry a gun? You don't mind. Huh? He said, well, if you carry the gun, you wouldn't be working for me. Yeah, well, it was just a thought. Mm-hmm. See, it was just a thought. You know, I, I really don't think I need one. I'm just kind of worried. You got me one any fucking way. Fuck him. I'm going out there selling your donuts and shit. You want to tell me that shit? You should make sure all your fucking drivers armed and trained. But... I got a little 32 revolver. I don't trust nothing but revolvers. Other shit jam up, break, misfire. Mm-mm. Give me a revolver. Easy to clean, easy to fill up. Might only take six at a time, but that's okay. Give me that motherfucking set of a jamming Glock. So I uh, get a gun. <laughs> and I waited. I just go to my stops, and they take me forever. It would take me forever. I would get rid of get them stops and cannons, everything else. You know the quiet places. When I got to Metairie, I slow down, slow down, make sure I be seen from wherever I'm at. And. Uh, just hoping, mm-hmm. hoping to run into him one day. Never even seen that car. I can't even remember what kind of car it was. Mm-hmm. But uh, mm-hmm. I never, ever seen him again. Funny thing, though, happened when I had my gun. I used to have my flight jacket, my military mm-hmm. jacket. Mm-hmm. I used to keep that in my pocket, keep the gun in my pocket, in the bottom pocket there. Mm-hmm. One day something told me. Take that first bullet out. Make sure you don't have that first bullet in the gun. <laughs> Better listen to yourself. I took that bullet out. A few days later, I'm driving. Getting high. Because I used to fucking get high driving. All the time. Quiet the soul. 
needed that to do what I had to do. So I hear what? I pulled that gun out of my pocket and seeing that it had shot. It had hit the chamber. That was empty. You know, I had it where that next chamber that would come up would be empty. And that motherfucker clicked. Figured I was lucky. Motherfucker was pointing right at my gun. I'd have blasted that before anybody would have found me. <laughs> Luck. But that's another time. That. Ah. That just wait for you to fuck off. Not listen. And am I trying to beat that? Fuck no. See there? <laughs> waiting. Just waiting and waiting and waiting. That collect. You know? A lot of people don't believe in God. But every fucking body believe in that. That ought to be a fucking God, huh? You know what I mean? Everybody know that. You know, though they don't respect them. So they put themselves out there a lot. You know, with these extreme sports. Like this man just lost his life the other day. Uh, in a boat. In a, uh, in a cave. And in, in low water. So it never know when it's going to happen. Boat flipped over. He got trapped under. 14 people. He the only one died. Hello, boy. Who got shot in the chest? What did he say? I don't want to die. You don't want to meet death. You don't have to stand up a lot. Little black kid in this country. Hope he make it. Because the chances on them kids making him now. Not too good. Oh, another time I almost died. This was, this might, yeah, this was after the lake, after the uh, two lake days. I mean, and this before I started. I know this is before I started running. I mean, and what I mean by running, running with my friends, you know, I mean, hell, I done faced that many times, even before I started hanging with friends, before I even left elementary. So one day we were outside playing, you know, we used to come home and cook. Being in sixth grade, I used to come home and put on this big old pot of stuff, boil them spaghettis or cook that rice. And I know this day we had a uh, uh, red gravy. And what we used to do, because there were so many of them, Mama used to stretch that red gravy by putting uh, potatoes in it, cutting potatoes in it, and, you know, let that soak in there so you're having rice gravy or spaghetti gravy and potatoes, you know. So one time I took a potato. Out the pot. Walked in the house, you know, going to the bathroom. Check my pot, Maurice. Okay. I went in there, go to the bathroom, come out, check the pot. Mm, damn, that potato look good. I'm going to get a head start on dinner. Don't go in my pot and eat nothing. Okay. Potato looks so good sitting up there. Grab that potato. That shit was hot. 
I put that potato in my mouth. Then I heard somebody open the outside door. Now we got this pantry. We had these pantries in the kitchen. Maybe eight feet long, wide with the shelves on one side and blank wall on the other side. You had a freezer, you usually put it back there or whatever. And we had a kept a curtain in it, you know, because that's how you flip your dishes and all kind of stuff that didn't fit in the cabinet over there, put the groceries and everything, canned goods and stuff in there. So I jumped in there and tried to swallow this potato behind that curtain. And this potato got stuck in my motherfucking throat. Uh, I was too embarrassed to even go outside, to even go tell somebody I was fucking choking again. This is about to pass on my knees, hit that fucking floor. That potato came out. I hit my knees on the floor. And that joke is something. That fucking potato popped out into my mouth and I spit it out. <laughs> I threw that potato away. I fucked that. I never eat out of pot again like that. Never even, not even when I'm cooking. <laughs> I don't know what shit tastes like when I'm cooking it because I just don't eat out of the pot. Um. Yeah. That was that was pretty fucking horrible. So I mean, three times that almost became me. I don't know what's on the other side. And even as a young kid, going to Catholic church where you hear about heaven and hell, I wasn't going for that. I wasn't going for it. Not then, because you know I've seen the things, and you know I know there was a rumor. In church, and I'm, I'm I'm one of these people who, one of these kids who say, well, you know, if that's going on, how come they're so Christian? And, and what I mean is, you know, they were rebuilding the old church and put the new church in, building the new church. And when they rebuilt the old church, built, uh, uh, dug up the uh, nuns' rectory, they found a lot of babies. They found a lot of babies. Well, they, I don't know how many they found, but that was the rumor going around, you know. And I'm like, okay, what the fuck is that godly? I mean, as a kid, I'm thinking. So I pretty much stopped questioning God. Started questioning God a long time ago. As my all my brothers, the other four were altar boys. They come to me, my woman, you know, because mom was into the church. I guess you know. Raising little Christian soldiers. Mama loved God more than she loved us. But they were altar boy. I didn't play that. I sit back. Hell, they used to have this girl in church. They used to look at it. See, as a kid, and I was a kid in wonder. First see my brother magazine, and I used to test God. Because one time I went to church. I mean, you know, mom used to send us to church every day. Every day. I mean, not every day. Every Sunday. But also on a Saturday, we, as we made a uh, uh, communion, we had to go to confession. So we used to go to confession on Saturday. And I was just such a fucking naive kid. And I didn't, you know, literally, I didn't fucking do nothing that would be worthy of a sin. I, I really didn't. 
because I want it to be better than, you know, I want to be more like God. Like, if, if it was real, I want to be like that. No sense. And everybody ought to be able to see that shit. So I go to the church. That said, bless me, Father, for I have sinned. It's been a week. Been a whole week since I confessed last. Son, okay, confess your sin. I was so proud to tell that man I have no sin for the last week. Yeah, damn, you know what he's saying? Oh, shit. Oh, might as well. He said, no, you are born into sin. Just by being alive, you are a sinner. I'm like, what? So you're born in sin. Man, that's what man is, sin. So you had to commit some sin during the week. And if you're telling me you didn't, that's the sin right there. You're lying. I'm like, no, no. And I was one of these kids who was like, daddy said, don't let a motherfucker tell you what you did do or what you should do if you tell what you didn't do or tell, let a motherfucker put something in your mouth. If you say you didn't and they say you did, you stick to what the fuck you say. No, no, sorry. I didn't sin at all. Not a thing. Didn't respect my parents. Never cursed this week. Didn't think bad thoughts. Went to school, got me grades, respected everybody, all my elders. And I prayed every night. Say so you're still a sinner. And you gotta repent. Now, because you told me that lie, you go out there and say, 20 Hail Mary, 40 Our Father, and 60, whatever the hell else they came after that. Then I had to go say rosary at home. What did I do? I started questioning God right there. I'm like, wait a fucking minute. You know what happened, God. If you did, you know what happened. Tell him. Make sure you go tell this priest. Now, at that time, you know, being a kid, you know God and death. People die. Everybody eventually dies. Some premature. Some elderly. But what we considered elderly back then, a project at that time. I don't think they had many 90 years old. So I went down there. I started saying my prayers. My young mind said, this is bullshit. And I didn't. I stopped. And I knelt down there for as long as it would take to say that. Maybe a little longer. They're outside waiting on me. So I uh, finally left. After that, I wasn't even interested in church no more. I knew it was a scam. I mean, I didn't... God was a scam at that time. I knew this church, these priests, these people telling me I'm a sinner. 
I was born into sin? How the fuck that works? Tell me how that works. So, I knew God. I knew that. Then I didn't know God. Because I would sit down there and, like I said, uh, my brother had me got hold of my daddy's dirty magazine and would sneak him. And we look at them pictures and I'm like, whoa, that's what a girl looked like. Oh, shit, man. I started going to church, imagine this little girl I was sweet on who always sat up there in front of me. And she knew I was sweet on her. She had these parents. They, she didn't live in the project. The only time I saw her was on Sunday. She went to the Catholic school. But I would look at this girl every Sunday and imagine her naked. That's right. In church, I would imagine that shit. You say, well, that's and you used to wonder how her little pussy looked. <laughs> you know, if she had hair on it. You know, the kid dreaming all, thinking all this shit. And like, oh, uh. but you know, I I was tempting God. I was tempting God to answer me. And it wasn't long before that that I didn't get an answer at all and just, just say, fuck it. Because after a while I did, Christmas was coming up. I was in the Junior side, uh, I don't want to say band, music. And I liked the drum. And I wanted a drum. I wanted a real snare drum of my own that I could be home practicing. And I prayed and prayed and prayed for that drum. Woo! But, got a toy drum. That first Christmas, I ain't getting nothing. I mean, I got that toy drum, but I gave it uh, I pushed it on the side. I was disappointed as hell. You know, I didn't let my mother know I was disappointed, but I pushed it on the side. And uh, let one of my little brothers hear this shit. It was about that time, you know, sixth grade, seventh grade, that I was having a little trouble, you know, um, with my, um, how would I say, I was bullied a lot, but I was having a lot of trouble <laughs> maneuvering shit in the project at that young age, you know, especially when I would come home by myself, I would have to come home, open up that door, and boom, get it ready for everybody else to come home, because they were coming back from Carver with Carver, that was my mom, and, um, I was the first one home, so it gave me a little time. I did my work and stuff, but it was hard maneuvering. And so I pretty much stayed inside until they came home or was sitting on the porch with my partner, Gary Ward. And um, I made it, though. <laughs> I fucking made it. I think I was, I was shot at once when I was in high school, when I was walking to school. I was uh had a fight with Sam or oh, with his brother. Fucking his brother Sam came, snuck up by him and knocked the fuck out of me. Thought I was dead there. But then the next thing, one other thing that I really remember that fucking talked to me that could have killed me. My daughter, she was uh moving from out of uh not Jim Philly. Yeah, I guess you would say Gentilly, right off, not too far off religion field and broad around that way. 
and uh, she was moving, and she was selling her wash and dryer that was taking it with her. It was in a garage, one of those corrugated steel garage, and went on a big ass thing. That's what she had on her side, and then the wash and dryer was hooked up into that. So she was trying to sell it when they put the ad on Craigslist. Now, she asked me what I stay there while oh, this woman couldn't check it out because she was working. She said she could only be there at this time. I'm like, sure, okay. So what had happened was I'm sitting there waiting. The woman pulled up, and I see her kind of through the window. She's looking around and stuff. Kind of thuggish. But hey, who am I? And I met her out there. She said, yeah, you selling wash and dry? Yes, I am. And we were walking around the house. Now, I'm thinking this woman kind of looks sneaky and shit. Looking all kind of nervous. Like she's trying to rob, about to rob somebody. So, just as we got to the garage, fucking big clouds started rolling in. It turned black. Fast, y'all know I can get in the water. The wind started blowing. The fucking sky got dark. See them clouds moving, you think it's gonna be a tornado or something. I looked up there, just as I took the lock off, fucking big drops of rain started coming. I mean, fucking pelting. Next thing you know, a blinding light hit. And that sound had cracked in my ear, definitely. Now, I just loose, let loose of this fucking uh, metal thing. Lightning struck that scared the fuck out of that woman. She ran to her car and pulled the fuck off. I know if I'd have been holding that metal shit. <laughs> I wouldn't be here again today. Fuck, man. I'm lucky, fuck no. no. I'm not lucky. That's the way shit happened. Because I could have easily held on to that damn door. Leaning on it like I'm cool. Okay, here you go. But I did. Just walk them damn doors open. Say, there you go. Check it out if you want. Boom! Yeah, oh, all yeah. So. And light. Now, there's only one other event that I can remember. And it's just recent. When I was in Oregon, went to OHSU for a procedure. They fucked over me, assaulted me. Even a doctor who at the VA, he was in on the shit. Well, not in on the assault, but in on the aftermath when I tried to get some relief for uh, examined after. Took him nine days to set me a fucking appointment. And my ass was still fucked up there. Ended up going to the emergency room. That day, nine days later, they found tearing in my ass. Ran across a bunch of, and this is in Salem, 
VA docs in Salem, VA, VAER in Salem. So I'm in the ER. I'm in the ER for more than four hours running all kind of tests. Come up with some fucking x-ray talking about I'm full of shit, man. You, you joking, man. Nah, that ain't me. I'm telling you. I'm vegan. I shit every day, even though my ass hurt. I shit every day. That is not me. I don't know what you're trying to do. You got an attitude. Motherfucker tell me eat bananas. You think he was just... But I'm with the assault. The verbal assault. Don't eat no bananas. They cause constipation. Why in the fuck you telling me about constipation when I'm telling you every day I shit? It was a setup. So they gave me some pain medicine. And also they they lidocaine. Lidocaine. Gave me the pill. Someone was fentanyl. Another one was something else. I got that shit recorded too. And again, like I say, for my second season, I'm putting that motherfuckers out there. I'm going to run through the whole game and all my recordings. I know they listening now trying to wait for me to drop a recording and say, hey, I'm illegal, but it's my motherfucking medical records. <laughs> I keep them in audio. They can't say it. And I started recording them because when they gave me this appointment, nine days later, I'm, and you know, already, I didn't already made a complaint to my doctor. Well, not even a complaint, just an observation. How you feeling? I'm feeling fine until I got to the VA and I got to stand up there and put up with some kind of racist shit where they don't fucking see me tall as I am. So, when I say that shit, and I wouldn't even say nothing about it if the motherfucker wouldn't have had when I go up there, I'm got to stand up there and stand up there and stand and wait instead of being greeted. I'm gonna, I got to, excuse me, I need to check in. Cause you know, the key ass not working. And they like looking confused. <laughs> Name, last four. Okay. Not even have a seat, nigga. But the thing is, that ain't bother me. What bothered me was the shit, the reception everybody got after me. As they enter that fucking long door. Hey, how you doing? Everybody was good fucking friends. So, when I made the observation to my doctor about that, they sent me to a psychologist. Ah, they sent a psychologist. I got to meet a psychologist to talk about this shit. Excuse me? What the fuck? These three people don't get to talk to nobody. It's just me. Because I'm the one who made a complaint. So, I started recording shit. You know, uh, I couldn't bring anything in there to record the procedure because I really didn't think to, I'd be, have to worry about anything. And this was up OHA in Portland. So, when I did get to see my uh, doctor, who is fucking supposed to be doctor and nurse practitioner, she fucked up. Well, anyway, when I did... uh. You just see it, they send me to the emergency room, and then at the end, you know, you give me these pills. They gave me a couple of pills. They gave me the pills there. You know, they ain't give me, send me home with nothing. And they light okay. Now, I got a recording of this woman putting this ladder up my ass. 
you know what? After the second day, I couldn't shit. And I started looking up. Right, okay. I mean, my ass felt like it didn't close up so tight. Can't shit. The belly didn't even fall. And I'm eating, and is something's wrong with this shit. I'm eating vegetables. Something's fucking different wrong. So I look up the thing, and you know. And it said, warning. No lidocaine in ass. In anus. Ass, anus. Rectum. In rectum. That's what it said. In rectum. But that's where they put it. I couldn't shit. And I was getting sick. I knew something was wrong. I felt like I was dead poison. They tried to stop me from reporting anything. It made me look like I was homeless when I had a place, apartment in Corvallis. And uh, I went home after five days I couldn't sit and I was sick as shit. But it didn't take me five days to clear a lot of that up because what had happened on the third day and I know something's wrong. I had this fleet left. Fleet enema from the procedure. And I tried to use that. I put a little bit in. All I could do is put a little bit in. My, my ass was closed up so tight I could not even barely put that in. And I put it halfway where it normally go. You know, the fold in and I squeezed it and I felt it was just in my pelvis. didn't go nowhere. And I got sicker. It's sicker. Oh my God, I nearly passed out. Started tasting metal in my mouth even more. I mean, I had this metallic taste in there already for the last two days. I'm getting dizzy. I'm getting fucking weak. Something's wrong. I'm nervous. I mean, I mean, I'm fucked up. I'm seeing shit. I mean, I'm not just seeing shit. I'm seeing fucking colors. Colors popping in my eyes. All kind of shit. I'm dizzy, nauseous. When I go run to the toilet, after putting half of it in, and not even, couldn't even let it sit for the length of time you normally let it for. And I went to the toilet. <laughs> Some of the strangest shit I ever seen came out my head. You know, like silicone. Shit like that. Oh, I got a picture of it. As a matter of fact, I think that's the picture I might even use for this podcast. And that was September. September 9th. Maybe 10th, 11th. One of them days. September 13th, yeah. Because that never what was the procedure. The day after was a holiday. And I'll tell you why. I never in my life saw that a group of so-called professional heroes will willingly try to take somebody life. So when I call my text my doctor, or not text, uh, email my doctor and stuff, Started saying, hey, what about this life? And, you know, I'm thinking this was put in my rectum. What's the proper use of it? 
Guess you use as directed. Because, you know, she sent me another fucking prescription. Like, I'm an asshole going to use that. Guess you use as directed. I, for email. Use as directed. I'm like, wait a minute. Wait a minute. It has no directions on here. So I put it in my ass or on my anus. Yeah, there's a difference. Anus is outside. Rectum is up there. On your anus. I said, well, and I had another doctor's appointment coming up soon because I started complaining about not being seen. Not being able to shit that I've been, and I told the psychologist this. Now, you know, the first thing the psychologist told me <laughs> when she was my patient, well, when I was up there, no, she was my patient because I don't listen to them motherfuckers. Tell me if there's any crime heard about, she compelled to report it. Never reported this motherfucker. Neither one of them never reported the assault. Or the fucking attack at the Salem ER. So they tried to make me look like I was crazy and all kind of shit, putting all kind of shit in my medical files just fucking over me. Before long, they'd have had me in a mental institute. Yeah, I know. Yeah, I really would have died. Yeah. I left everything in that apartment and got the fuck up out of town. October the 26th. Hadn't been there. But a minute. And then I got out of town and stopped trying to report that to everybody. Wrote all kind of letters to civil rights organizations. Nobody care about the death of a nigga. Ah. They trying to get me to do a colonoscopy. Fuck no, I'm not going under for nobody no more. Too many black men die at simple procedure. Hell, look at what our women go through trying to bear us. Trying to birth us. So, that, uh, that's just waiting. It's really just fucking waiting. Not with open arms. Just waiting. It's there. You got, you got conception. You got birth, you got life. Then you got death. Guaranteed. Whether you believe in a God or not in between them. And and death sometimes come by the way you live. Sometimes not. Just fucking sneak up on you, you know, wrong place at the wrong time. And most of us usually find ourselves like that wrong place the wrong time that's right there God they got all kind of gods of this and gods of that but the Africans knew that well the Africans I ain't talking about uh, the Egyptians no matter Africa I should have spirit on to the next world well, in Egypt they'll put two coins on your eyes so you can pay a fucking toll <laughs> but down there in Africa, they put you in a little cocoon, put you in a fetal position, just like you were born, and bury you. 
set the spirit free so that you won't be trapped on earth. And they knew there was such a thing. I'm not sure that is, but I don't know why I see visions or seen these things when I was a kid. You know, uh, like I say, I walked one time with my mama. We went to the donut store. Walked right into a gun fight, fight, a knife fight, rather, right outside the project bar. Spirits. I've seen what people call a leprechaun. I mean, they disappeared too. I mean, see them on old style suits. They was out there fighting, gutting each other. And then they fall closed in on them. Mama didn't see it, I saw it. I saw creatures climbing up walls. I used to think that was that going clean somebody because I saw this creature climbing up one of these walls one day going to this room. I mean, the, on the second floor apartment at the end, right down Desire Claiborne, I mean, Desire and uh, Abundance, where they had the truck at Kitty Corner from uh, Cynthia Cat Eye. Yeah, they had a, a truck. Next thing you know, that dude was dead a week later. I seen the leprechaun, whole fucking crowd of people chasing some object. And I seen that motherfucker. It like a little flash whipped right before us. And I was sitting on a porch with Connie and I said, you saw that? He said, what was it? It was too fast. I said, I have no idea. Next thing you know, you hear a crowd of people running around the corner. Where'd it go? Where'd it go? Pointed through the big court. Right there. It was a rumor that there was a woman who had caught this thing in the back and just found a whole bunch of gold and tried to hold this thing and keep it and it got away and other people were chasing it. I mean, there was massive amount of people chasing this fucking thing. And I saw it. Uh, couldn't tell you what it looked like other than the blur. Something that maybe moved through time and space at different times, but this fucking went so fast, you know. I uh, I seen all kind of shit, you know, felt all kind of shit. But that's just uh, I don't even know if it's because of I got knocked in the fucking head or what. But <laughs> it is what it is right now. Cause all I know in the end that will be coming sooner than later if you're not careful. So, but that's about it, what I got to say about that, you know, because, I mean, my thing is I'm looking to survive every way I can. Uh, I never, ever should have gotten this fucking hole. <laughs> but you know what? I'm here, and I ain't giving this shit up now. And I'm going to keep on going as long as I can, as long as I can. So. Anyway, that's that. That's that. I got to say something about what's going on. <laughs> you know, with, with this indictment and everything. You know, a lot of these Republicans talking now about uh, uh, the weaponization of the Justice Department. And <laughs> how they 
taking advantage of it because, uh, which called him an orphan. Not that the man done anything wrong, you know. Oh, he do nothing wrong. Yeah, however the people listen to him, figure. But, you know, I don't care whether it's Republican or Democrat. They ain't for me. They don't represent me. Democrats represent more of the high yellow and the white folk. They forget about us down at the low level, the black folks and brown folks. Not about the Indians. <laughs> you know? And they talking about EOJ needs to be reformed now. It's weaponized. How fucking long we've been saying that shit. <laughs> you know? But we don't matter. We ain't never matter. I looking at a movie today. Oh, uh, fuck. What's the name of that movie? Oh, God. About this little kid who fucked up in the head because of, you know, he's born, the circumstance he's born, the place he lives, you know, he's fucking just angry as a motherfucker. And he dreams a lot. Just dreams of having peace, but never got it. He felt trapped. Then he finally died. He got killed. But he was a violent young man. And he had ever a chance at life. Got caught up in some damn petty bullshit. And ended up dying. But the thing I heard that struck me, and I think this was Terrence Howard's character said this. You got to hold, you got 100%, right? Take a quarter of that, 25%. Just shave off a little bit of that. But so let's say you got like 22 and a half percent. Of the world population, the 22% is the white population. And they run shit. No rhyme or reason of what they do. You're going to be stuck if you know who, no matter who. But it begs the question of, you know, with the Department of Justice, that's just hit right on there. They don't give a fuck about us. And it just fit right into the plan. The world plan. Their plans for us anyway. I mean, you got the G7. A group of European motherfuckers who dictate world policies and everything else. We can't. And see, the thing about it is, they take everything out of the hands of Africa. Africa can't make certain things. Can't even make medicine up for their fucking self. What kind of shit is that? They keep in control. Drop Ebola on you. You can't even fix that without their help. They drop AIDS on you. Can't fix that without their fucking help. Y'all go to them Belgium. So, when they talk about reforming <laughs> the DOJ now, oh, that just bothered me. When Black Lives Matter folks was marching peacefully, 
when they were marching peacefully, it was called terrorism. The Department of Justice came down on them. Police, state police, reserve military, all of them. The whole fucking people in your country against what you say. You said, I'm not being treated fair. What do they do? Smack you upside your head and say, go back to fucking room. That's the DOJ. Now look, you got the mental health organization. You try to keep convincing us everything's all right. You got a whole lot of black politicians, young black, upper day class, middle class up there. You know, I say blonde type. Well, say everything's all right. Yeah. They don't worry about getting stopped on their way home. They say it's normal. You know, I'm, I'm black. I don't care if your black hair is black or yellow. You ain't white. You're liable to get stopped. And when that police stop, you're going to be just as acceptable. Can I help you, sir? Yeah, you were driving. Oh, I'm sorry. Oh, uh, you have my license? And they're going to see your demeanor and say, oh, that's one of the good ones. Look, I'm going to give you a warning. Then they're going to get used to your car passing through. They ain't going to bother you no more. Let you break the law now. Oh, unless something go down and the car fit that description. D.O.J. Oh, man. You know, this is it's just ridiculous, really. That mental health organization don't say shit. Racism is a mental health disease. Not only is it a violent thing, it's fucking a mental health disease. So, if the world in this state, I've got to say, ooh, about 99, oh, no, 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 let's say 95% of us fucked up. And I mean, that's the ones who just can't stand up, who refuse to stand up. Say what the fuck is his work? But you know we got those other ones on the other side. Divide and conquer. And they demonize blacks in the ghetto trying to lift them up. Jobs, education, Department of Justice or Justice. What else is that? Job, education, mental health. I mean, health care, and housing. When the fuck the Justice Department step up for that? They just stepped up and said that uh, just now, after fucking 100 and something years, they say, oh, this gerrymandering shit is going, it's just a ride. Any of those where there is equality total for every member of this country? No. But those are the core values for the American dream. Now, we don't get that. The people coming in getting that. People who coming in this country, getting all this money, getting all these, uh, uh, I'm talking about the immigrants. Yes, I am. Who's coming in. I don't have nothing against them. Come on in. Take care of your fucking self, though. But when you welcome these people and put them ahead of people already struggling, like these kids who ain't got no water. Kids that got schools falling a fucking part. 
kids who ain't got decent housing and ain't even got decent food to eat. And they just cut the food stamps for a whole lot of them. So what do you expect going to go on? Crime's going to rise and they're looking for it. You know, those five key factors, housing, justice, health care. Now, we know health care, for us, we got a chance of cater to the grave anytime we go to fucking doctor and end up dying or not getting the proper health care. Education, look what they're doing to the education. I want to even teach real health. I want to teach you more myth than anything. And who they're helping. You don't want to make our children feel bad with this woke stuff. With this critical theory stuff. Don't say nothing about this critical thinking it takes to get to that point where they fucking throw that shit at you. Mental health. But the thing about it is this mental health thing seems normal. And they treat it as normal. And we're getting kicked in our ass by this racist bullshit. A lot of people are going to say, oh, like Senator Scott there, Tom Scott, or Tim Scott. America is not an oppressed country. I know 9-11, right before 9-11 broke out, people was asked for reparations. And 9-11 came about when? Right after the United States walked out of Durham, South Africa. When the world, the Arab nation and a whole lot of other nations were saying, look, you got to tag this place. And talking about uh, the uh, Israelites as a racist government. You know, with the way they do Pakistan and everything else, cut them off and shit. Get the States walked out. Now, reparations was on the hand. They couldn't very well say Israel was racist. They didn't come back home. Bush told them, hell no, get the fuck out of there, leave. And they left. Israel was never tagged a racist state. The world didn't come to the aid, Pakistan aid. Soon, the world forgot about them. 9-11 happened. His reparation was being on the table. People were talking about it. They were just talking about reparation now. Look at this shit going on now. Far, far away. You would never see a fucking penny of reparation. Because <laughs> you got too many blacks who say, nah, we don't need no reparation. That ain't right. Because these white folks say, hey, what did I have to do with slavery? Nothing but everything. Anytime you live off the back of what was, you're still living off that shit today. And when people say, oh, there's nothing going on, what the fuck? Just a mental health thing. Violence. I'm walking out of the Dollar Tree this morning. Motherfucker with a big pity. Blue TMC. I should have got a license plate though. Walking out the Dollar Tree. You know, in this little grid part where you got a crosswalk. This motherfucker see me. He drive up faster. 
So I'm not no fool. I ain't going to step my dumb ass out there. I could barely cross the street when I'm going to bring the dogs to the park if they get any cars coming. Uh, well, none going, coming that early. But when I'm coming back home, you know, after an hour in the park, uh, they got cars coming. I can barely get across the fucking street. And no one will stop, even in the crosswalk. But anyway, I'm leaving the Dollar Tree in this motherfucker. Nice, big, pretty blue truck. Speed up. I stopped, looked at him. I said, thank you, you fucking asshole. I expected him to stop. He didn't. I gave him thumbs up so he could make sure he see it in his fucking mirror. Fucking dick. Another car stopped for me. <laughs> After they saw that display. <laughs> But yeah, I'm always cussing motherfuckers. Hold on. Not let me cross the crowd. Like, That's okay. Talking to Irene, and Irene said, huh, and a friend of hers, a male friend, was uh going across the street, walking across the street, and they used to play this little game to see how long it's going to take them to get a car to stop. She said, for her, it'd take an average of eight. But for him, <laughs> 30 cars before the stop. There's about to be some shit going on in this country. You know, and I'm really, really scared. Uh, and I'm going back. I'm going, I'm leaving. You know, which, when I get shit straight here, I'm leaving this motherfucker. Philly sound nice to me. Because I saw Philly news. Oh my God. They've got shit going on there for black folks. So I'm going there. I want to be around some fucking black folks appreciate their heritage. And I just saw this on the news, African American Festival. And it ain't something that they do just once a year. Do this all the time. That's where I need to be. <laughs> I miss my people so, so fucking much. Trying to see the country. And again, I say it feel like I had been an undercover operative on the other side. And it's not nice over here, no. It isn't. They fucking hate us. My God, do they hate us. And even when you just standing there, not even worrying about nothing. Don't even bother nobody. Just let me take in the view of this fucking beautiful ocean. Motherfucker won't walk right in front of you. Stare at you. Look at you. I know I was in a... And then when they do decide to talk to you, you want to ask you some fucking questions. Like, this old lady, Monica with a K, up there around Newport uh, in Oregon. And uh, she, uh, I used to go there, hang out there, hanging hang in that little state park, and then sleep on a highway, on a road. You know, it was pretty easy to sleep on a road and mean it all. So I used to go there in the daytime sit there, watch the ocean, and then at night, park alongside the highway and listen to that ocean all night. But anyway, I would go there, and every day she would start coming in and start talking after a while. Oh, Monica with a K, old girl, talking about how she's a uh, cougar, but I wasn't stepping to that shit, you understand? And I don't give a fuck what you tell me. I know what it is. You ain't gonna give me the slip up and say, ask you for no pussy. For one, 
you're too fucking old for me because you're like 80 something years old. I don't even want to fuck that if you fucking die on me. You know, that's the murder charge. And then, uh, but then, you know, you got to be careful when you, when these white folks trying to get to know you because there's always a, something in there, uh, some kind of motive. So, you know, she don't really know nothing about black other than what she see on TV. She decided to ask me one day, why do blacks from, from the police? Say, what do you mean? They always showing on TV blacks running from the police. I said, they never show you the white boys running from the police, huh? Say, why do you think blacks run from the police? Look how many blacks get killed by the police without a gun, without no weapon or anything. And then they say half of them by accident. Why do you think black men run from the police? That's the Justice Department. So after a while, you know, she didn't want to talk to me because I, uh, <laughs> she stopped showing up, actually. I mean, it didn't matter to me because I, I was there. It was my spot, you know. I mean, everybody's spot, but it was my spot. I'm there every day with my dog, walking around, watching the ocean, you know, waiting to eat, and then that night go camp out, do a little walking around and stuff, boom. Simply because I said, uh, <laughs> why do whites run from the police? So, Anyway, it's always a difference, even in people's eyes who don't think they see a difference. They go along with what's on TV. Of course, this news is going to broadcast everything negative about black. And you, everything heroic about white. Like this white guy, football player. Michael Strahan just uh, talked to him this morning. No, i, I got to go after this one. And this guy went out there and he took his kids to the beach. Took his kids in the water. Kiko caught in a riptide. Now, this is the second incident. First guy died trying to save somebody's kid. But he, this football player, went out there, saved his kids, say he almost drowned and everything else, and they calling him a hero. Is he a hero? Remember, you're born, you live. His living was to take his child out to the beach and let him go off in the water. And when he noticed that kid was stuck, he went out there and almost got stuck his fucking self and had to be rescued. Oh, he might have not. He might have pulled the kid on show, but they call him a hero. Wait a minute, that's your child. You put him in that danger and you a fucking hero, you fucking idiot. So... Anyway, if they do anything for the Justice Department, Lord, let it don't hurt me or us. Later, y'all. But anyway, you conceived by magic, by spark. It's like the universe was born. You're born into a world so fucking racist. And if you're the wrong color, you might not make it out of the birthing room. Maybe just a fucking woman died. Uh, uh, an athlete died because of complications that they should have seen at the hospital. She's a track star. And fucking died in a home alone. Because some of her complications due to her pregnancy. 
that should have been watched. But because she is a black woman, didn't deserve that watch. So you live how you live. You know, a duty would be good for us, or black women, but they expensive too. Then they got so many uh, uh, regulations and stuff, they make it sure you don't get proper health care, housing. You know you ain't getting no justice. You know damn well they ain't treating, teaching them right history. And jobs are far and few between, and they say unemployment is down. Record to live. Really? I guess they stopped filing unemployment after a while. Anyway, I'm out. I don't want to go over 90 minutes because that's kind of hard to put on you. Later, boot all go.